0: Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, and I am here, as always, with my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. And I hope everyone is having a good weekend so far. It's been, I don't know, it's been a crazy couple days uh, since they uh, stormed the Capitol, so to speak, or however they want to portray that in the media, but we're not here to talk about that, not really, because, as I always say, we're here to laugh and have fun, and there's nothing to laugh at and no fun there. And before we get started, just a couple of things, and, and yes, I am going to confess. First off, um, how do I put this? I, I failed at dry January. <laughs> Man, did I fail. got seven days, and on the eighth day, I enjoyed a beer. I have to say, though, I did make it seven full days. And there is something to be said for having a, you know, after a long week, cracking open a beer or two, maybe even three. I didn't drink near as much as I probably would have normally, but I did have a couple beers. And it was, hey, it was delicious and it was relaxing. And that is what I needed after last week. So, officially, it's dry ish January. And we'll see how far I can go until the next, I wouldn't call it a relapse. It's not like I'm in recovery or anything, but I was just trying to do a dry January. But, you know, life happens, and that's the way it is. Uh, the other thing is, I know that we are playing around with some settings on the podcast, just trying to tweak tweak some things. And we thought we had tested it, and we thought everything was fine, and we we. You know, we were doing a lot of recording and just making sure that the changes we made sounded fine. But apparently, I think Wednesday's podcast just did not sound a little off to me, to be frank with you. But hopefully we have resolved that issue and it all sounds fine this time around. The content notwithstanding. And just to let everyone here know, we're going to be making some upgrades. And when I, when I got into this, I, you know, I didn't go out and buy like a $3,000 microphone and, and do the whole Big massive setup at first. I just wanted to kind of, you know, get get my sea legs in, so to speak, and just see how things were going and see if it was something I was going to be committed to for the long term. And it looks like that is going to be the case. So we have um, ordered already some some new upgrades for our our broadcast studio here, and and hopefully that will be reflected in I'd like to say higher quality production values, but we'll we will see. Uh, excited to have those, and I think the microphone gets in like tomorrow or Tuesday, but I've got to wait on some other other things that we, because we're not plugging the microphone directly into the computer anymore, we're plugging it into something else. I don't know, uh, White Boy Malcolm X is managing that that part of it. I made him do all the research, so we we'll are hopefully have that live uh, a week from today, I'm hoping. If, if we can get everything all the everything worked out and we can figure out how everything is supposed to work there. So that is some good news, even though I failed at dry January, and I'm not sure if last Wednesday's broadcast was as technically proficient as it should have been. Things are going to get better, and God do they ever need to. And so let's go ahead and dig in. Yes, White Boy, Malcolm X, Gay is at the front, and Smoking Gun is at the back end of the show, and it is actually pretty good Smoking It's not Bud like Mike, but uh, don't get me wrong, but... Nothing is bud like Mike, but it's pretty good, I have to say. And for this first story, folks, this is a pink news story, and I'm going to go ahead and read you the headline. Cases of STI lymphogranuloma venerum. What the heck is that? Sore among gay and bisexual men in England. Now, folks, the reason I'm reading off that headline and pausing is because some of you, if you, well, if you've got kids listening again shame on you they shouldn't be doing that and some of you this is i'm not being deliberately vulgar but i'm just quoting from the article and the national health service in england has some uh, some choice language and so i'm just saying that you know i'm going to give you a couple seconds before i dig into this and if you want you can just skip ahead like 5 minutes and then the next story has to do with Nancy Pelosi so if you like hit skip, 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 and then you hear Pelosi, then you know you're safe. Other than that, uh, you have been warned. So let's dig into this in three, two, one. Cases of the STI, Lymphoma Granuloma Venerum, or LGV, have been soaring among gay and bisexual men in England, suggesting queer men are taking more sexual risks. <laughs> when did they stop? And I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, if this has anything, hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do with, you know, all those white queens in London. They went in and they bought up all the PrEP. They got all that PrEP, which is an HIV preventative medication. So I think they got that medication. I feel bad for all the people of color in England, but all the white queens, at least, you know, they're safe because they got all the PrEP. I'm wondering, it's because they got the PrEP shield. Now they're like, girl, let's just go have some fun. But who knows? So let's continue on. LGV is a sexually transmitted infection that comes from a specific strain of the chlamydia bacteria, the clap. (laughs) Those dumb queens in England are getting the clap. My God. It is most often contracted via unprotected anal, vaginal, or oral sex. And folks, if you're having protected oral sex, okay, I'm just going to leave it there. According to the NHS, which is the National Health Service, symptoms can include swollen lymph glands in the groin or one or both sides of an ulcer or sore on the penis, vagina, or around the anus. Those with LGV may also experience anal symptoms from the STI. And folks, I have warned you. So if you have not tuned out by now, here you go. And this is not from me. This is from the National Health Service. This is what the Brits are putting out in public. Anyway, let's restart that sentence. Those with LGV may also experience anal symptoms from the STI, including blood or pus from the anus on underwear or after using toilet paper, pain in the anal area when pooing. And yes, folks, that is an official term from the National Health Service, pooing or having receptive anal sex, constipation or loose poos when trying to open the bowels or a feeling of incomplete emptying after opening the bowels. So that, White Boy Malcolm X, I guess, is an official term. It's not, a, it's not a crap or a dump or dropping the kids off at the pool. It is a poo in, in Great Britain, formerly Great Britain. A recent report published by Public Health England showed that LGV diagnoses were at a record high in 2019, and almost all of those cases, or 98%, were gay and bisexual men. And what do we say about bisexuals? They will do anyone. There has been a steady, I wonder if they're catching the clap, there has been a steady increase in cases since 2017. Although the STI has historically been associated with queer men who are HIV positive, talk about adding insult to injury, white boy Malcolm X, you already got the HIV and now you got the clap. According to HIV AIDS Charity NAM, the number of HIV negative men or those who do not know their status who have been diagnosed with LGV has increased fivefold since twenty thirteen. The report authors attribute this increase to a mixing of sexual networks. God. You girls, as progress has been made in preventing HIV transmission, and I'm assuming White Boy Malcolm X, when they talk about mixing of sexual networks, they're talking about like those. Those sex orgies we were reporting on in Brussels, the legs in the airport. <laughs> you girls over there need to behave. They wrote, the increase may reflect greater mixing between sexual networks as HIV interventions improve. This may indicate that increased access to HIV prevention is altering sexual risk behavior. Like I said, those queens in England got the prep. Those white queens, thank you white boy Max, they got the prep and now they're fooling around more and then they're catching the clap findings of this report cement the need for continued use of targeted control interventions, including increased health promotion and testing in populations with higher rates of LGV, that's you, Queens, as well as the opportunity to review national guidelines. So, folks, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, there's nothing new here. I mean, everyone knows that you know, with HIV, I mean, like like I've said a number of times, HIV, when I was coming of age in my early 20s, would kill you. It killed a lot of people. And now it is, it has gone from that all the way to the other side. And for most people, the vast majority of people, it's just a pill a day. So, There is no incentive to modify behavior because it's, oops, I got HIV, where's my pill? That's all you have to do. It's like popping an aspirin every morning. And with the clap, I don't know, I've never had the clap. I think, what is it, the herpes you can't get rid of? But I think with like syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia, you can just get a shot, and which I don't know how much fun that is, but you can still get a shot and away it goes. So, I mean, look at the... HIV infection rate with millennials. And that'll tell you exactly, exactly how people view HIV. Eh, no big deal. There you go. You girls in England are having way too much fun, apparently. This is a story from The Hill, and it's about our dear friend, Grandma Pelosi. Pelosi says writers chose their whiteness over democracy. House Speaker... And folks, I generally don't talk politics. I'm not going to dig too much into that. uh, What happened Wednesday and the aftermath a little bit. I've got a a story or two. We'll kind of dance along the edge. I'm not going to dig in for an in-depth analysis. The only reason I printed this story is because Nancy Pelosi is dragging race into this. But what have I said pretty much every podcast? Everything these days is about race. Race. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Crypt Keeper, said Saturday that rioters who took part in the breach of the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday chose their whiteness over democracy. The Associated Press first reported her remarks, which she made during an online video meeting with constituents in San Francisco. (laughs) White boy Malcolm X, can you imagine what kind of Star Wars bar that was? That Zoom call between the Crypt Keeper Nancy Pelosi and those freaks in San Francisco. The comments came after Pelosi acknowledged the number of people who died of COVID-19 on Wednesday and Thursday, both of which were records for single-day coronavirus deaths in the United States. On Wednesday, a mob of President Trump supporters violently attacked the Capitol building while Congress, including the Speaker, were in the process of certifying President-elect Joe Biden's Electoral College win. The protesters sought to halt the certification of the election results after Trump encouraged his supporters to march on the Capitol. Pelosi acknowledged that many of those who died were people of color, which the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has said are more likely to succumb to COVID-19. Well, Nancy, you know, they are offering all those BIPOC people the vaccine. So this stops, but guess what? They don't trust Whitey and they don't want it, so they don't want it. First responders don't want it. Nobody wants this damn thing. They're, they're sneaking into nursing homes and giving them to them, but if they're senile, they don't know what they're getting anyway. They're like, oh, just a little, you know, pick-me-up shot. Pelosi then shifted to January 6th, which she remarked is the Feast of the Epiphany, a feast holiday celebrated widely among Christians after Christmas that is often referred to as Three Kings Day. I thought it was going to be an epiphany for those who are in opposition of our democracy to see the light, Pelosi said. Instead, it was an epiphany for the world to see that there are people in our country led by this president for the moment who have chosen their whiteness over democracy. That's what this is about. This cannot be exaggerated. Well, honey, you are giving it a damn good try. Not only the complicity, the instigation of the president of the United States must and will be addressed, Pelosi finished, it's only a number of days now before we inaugurate a new president. So there you go folks, Nancy Pelosi is dragging race into into last Wednesday and to COVID once more. Because I guess that tune is not done being sung. I just that they just refuse to acknowledge the record minority support that Donald Trump got huge inroads to the black community, the Hispanic community, the LGBTQ plus community, all sorts of those BIPOC people voted for Trump. I guess they are more self-loathing than than I am, but um, yeah, there you go, honey. You, you keep singing that tune. I guess we only have to put up with her for another Two years, and then she can go retire to San Francisco with her overpriced refrigerator and stuff her stupid plastic surgery-stretched face with more ice cream. This is a follow-up story from The Wrap. And, you know, with, I guess, real teachers not being in the news, we can have to report on a fake teacher having sex with an underage boy. And here's the headline. Why a teacher, and a teacher is the name of the show, why a teacher star Kate Mara said there really won't be a season two, even if she wants it. So I guess she enjoyed whatever sex scenes they had between her and that boy. (laughs) Goodness. And this is about, well, one of the things we like to have fun with is reporting on all the number of teachers that just bang all their high school students. (laughs) It's just kind of interesting to me. It's just kind of hilarious. I mean, it's just it's it's everywhere. It is it is nonstop every week for weeks. And uh, we had we had story after story after story, and so we also had a story about Kate Mara. And when they were putting this whole show together, she was talking about how fascinating it was, and they actually put a Google Alerts on, and she was just flabbergasted at the number of these stories pouring forth, and apparently she liked it enough that <laughs> she wants to. Um, do it again, but let's find out a little bit more about that. The FX on Hulu Limited series A Teacher concluded its 10 episode run. Oh, this has spoilers in it, folks. I haven't actually watched a show and I really don't care to. But if you don't wanna if you don't wanna get spoiled, if you're like, man, I would really love to see a, a 10 10 part series on how a teacher seduces a boy. <laughs> this is probably your show, but just I would just skip ahead a couple minutes and um, you won't have to learn about the end. Okay, here we go. Let's pick that back up. Everyone else who doesn't want to hear about it is on to the next story. The FX on Hulu limited series A Teacher concluded its 10-episode run last month with a finale that saw Eric, played by Nick Robinson, confront his former high school teacher and sexual abuser, Claire, played by Kate Mara, 10 years after their inappropriate relationship had come to an end. Their final meeting occurred in a public place, where Claire apologized for what she had done to the then-teenager, but still didn't take full responsibility for her predatory behavior. Eric managed to stand up to Claire and then walk away from her, leaving fans to wonder how the rest of both of their lives would play out, given that Eric said that they would both have to live with the trauma she had inflicted on him forever. So he is a drama... You know he is, White Boi He's a drama queen like, um... Anthony Rapp <laughs> is a drama queen... Goodness! So 10 years later on this show, they get together and he is still traumatized about having voluntary sex with his teacher, Marcy. And you're going to have to just keep wondering or come up with your own answers because you know what you could do? We had the story on, was it Wednesday, about the Brokeback Mountain and the, and the lady who wrote it was like she wished she hadn't because everyone likes to send her new endings to her, her short story, You know, she was fed up with it, but maybe you could do that here. You could write your own ending where they get together and they just keep going at it, or she gets new students. Because Mara says that there will not be a second season of A Teacher, which was always intended as a limited series. I have heard a lot of people who love the show ask that question. When is season two? It makes me laugh just because, no, to be honest, there hasn't been and there was never really any discussion about more seasons, the House of Cards alum told The Wrap. I am fascinated by this type of story. I bet you are, honey. And obviously, there have been real-life stories that do go on and on and on. Yes, they do. And we have documented, I think, pretty much all of them here on the Miller Frost Show. You know, the Mary Kay Letourneau story, of course, is just one example of it. But listen, that's such a flattering question that someone would ask to even think that there could be more is just such a huge compliment to us. I wish we were doing three more seasons of it, Mara She must have really liked that white boy Malcolm X. She must have like, this is fun to bang a high school boy. But I don't know how we would continue unless there was no time passing at all, because we're both playing sort of older than we are at the end. While there won't be more of a teacher, Mara would like to see new shows follow in its footsteps when it comes to telling stories of sexual abuse. Hopefully it opens the door to break stereotypes and opens the door to telling more stories from different points of view, the actress said. This one, specifically coming from the male victim's point of view, which is very, very rare. No, it's not, Mara. Jesus Christmas, honey. You need to listen to my podcast more often because those teachers are nonstop. They are the horniest group of individuals. I, They're hornier than queens. Man, that is not rare at all. They are, they are just at it over and over and over again. And important because then it makes it less, hopefully less, taboo for men. Who have had experiences where they are so-called survivor victim that it's less rare to talk about, and other than Anthony Rapp, I don't know any minor teenage boy who has had sex with an older adult who has complained about it. I mean, even uh, whoever Mary Kay Letourneau's uh, little paramour was, they got married. They were like hanging out together. <laughs> he really enjoyed that. He wanted more of it. He wanted to like marry it and keep it forever but none of these boys have ever come out and complained about uh, about being victimized cuz that's just that's just guys right no one raped them in a like held them down and took advantage of them type things so you want to say statutorily raped sure absolutely but you know no one had to put a gun to their head to drop their pants okay there kate mara she wants to do that again and again goodness 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 here is um this story is from Outspoken, our our new favorite conservative-ish gay website. And listen to this headline. Father who raped, speaking of rape, Father who raped own child will get taxpayer-funded gender transition surgery. So, it's bad enough that dad raped you, but now mom has raped you as well. Oh, God. A judge has ordered a Wisconsin man sentenced to 34 years in prison for sexually assaulting his 10-year-old daughter, has a constitutional right to gender reassignment surgery paid for by taxpayers. Mark Allen Campbell, 49, who identifies as transgender and now goes by the name Nicole Rose Campbell. That is... That's an interesting name. Has been allowed to dress in women's clothing and wear makeup at the Racine Correctional Institute, a men's prison where Campbell has been housed since being incarcerated. Can, can you see that? White boy Malcolm? He's got like a sundress on. He's got some lipstick and some eyeliner. He's just swishing through prison. God. Since being incarcerated, Campbell has also been provided with taxpayer funded hormone replacement therapy and counseling, according to the Post Millennial. Court documents from 2010 show Campbell was charged with first-degree sexual assault of a child, incest, exposing a child to harmful material, and causing a child to view or listen to sexual activity. Campbell pled guilty to first-degree sexual assault of a child. According to records, Campbell's daughter told authorities that her father had sex with her, masturbated in front of her, used various sexual toys with her, and exposed her to DVD and video porn movies and magazines. Since 2013, Campbell has requested gender reassignment surgery, but has been denied. In 2016, the inmate filed a lawsuit claiming a violation of Eighth Amendment rights by the Department of Corrections. Uh, can you imagine, folks, what the founders are thinking right now? The Well, they're racist anyway, but the racist founders of our country who wrote our Constitution and the amendments, what they must think of the perverted use of the Eighth Amendment to force Wisconsin taxpayers to turn rapey Mark Allen Campbell into rapey Nicole Rose Campbell. Anyway, let's pick that back up. In 2016, the inmate filed a lawsuit claiming a violation of Eighth Amendment rights by the Department of Corrections, alleging the department was indifferent to Campbell's medical needs and that Campbell was forced to suffer cruel and unusual punishment as a result of being refused the drastic body modification surgery. Chad Felix Green of the Post Millennial. I love this guy. Not not like a lustful way. I just he's an amazing writer. He's on um he's on Twitter for now, I guess, and he's on um he's on Parlor uh, for now, I guess. <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit, but he does some amazing work. He's a he's a fantastic uh, young writer and um I love reading his stuff. Anyway, Chad Felix Green of the Post Millennial reports in 2016. Since the DOC had provided Campbell with hormone therapy, Judge Diane Sykes argued there was no way for them to anticipate the medical care being insufficient in resolving the inmates' distress, certainly not to the degree of violating Campbell's constitutional rights. The dissenting judge, Diane Wood, insisted that the DOC was deliberately indifferent to Campbell's condition, which could lead, listen to this white boy Malcolm X, to self-castration. Ouch. Ouch. If, in Campbell's dismay at not having surgery provided, Campbell would undertake to remove her penis with her own hand. That's a sentence you don't read every day. I could say that about five years ago, but apparently now you can read that all the time. Her penis. Campbell's lawyer agreed, stating that while the DOC medical director was respectful towards Campbell in allowing her to live as a woman in her little sundress with her makeup swishing around the jail, They refused to change their policy to accommodate her request. This month, however, U.S. District Judge James Peterson decided Campbell has a constitutional right to the surgery. In the ruling opinion, Peterson wrote, "...and some members of the public are outraged at any effort to improve the health and well-being of inmates, but the true public interest lies in alleviating needless suffering by those who are dependent on the government for their care." To be clear, an inmate's criminal history is irrelevant to whether she has a right to necessary medical treatment, he argued. Campbell continues to suffer from gender dysphoria, which causes her anguish and puts her at risk of self-harm, which means cutting off her penis, or suicide. The judge also ruled that Campbell should be allowed to move to a women's prison, as it would provide Campbell with the real-life experience, kind of like camp, I guess, of living as a woman prior to the surgery. (laughs) Can you imagine those women at the women's prison, and and um, Nicole Rose shows up with her penis? <laughs> anyway, you folks in Wisconsin, have fun paying for paying for that. This story is from the Federalist, and it kind of has to do with this, you know, what's going on with this deplatforming of Parler. And if you haven't heard, well, Parlor got kicked off the Google App Store. They got kicked off the Apple Store, their app store, and now Amazon. So they were basically only left with the website. And now Amazon is saying, yeah, you got 24 hours before we shut that down. A one, two, three punch from our tech overlords at Google, Apple, and Amazon. But how's this for a headline? A big move to ban realtor hate speech at work anywhere 247. so yes folks big sis is watching you and it's funny because Realtors Realtors kind of have this reputation I don't know I've actually had some really cool Realtors but I've met some horrendous obnoxious douchebag realtors Pressy <laughs> prissy prissy which is the better than you yes especially the gay ones oh and, and some of these um these women that sell higher-end houses too. Snooty, very snooty. So let's find out about what's going on with their living in a apparently a state where they can't open their mouth about anything without getting spanked hard. In what some consider one of the most far-reaching social policy moves in the corporate world and it's probably coming for the rest of us at some point, the National Association of Realtors, called the nation's largest trade organization, has revised its professional ethics code to ban hate speech and harassing speech by its 1.4 million members. And if you need an example of hate speech or harassing speech, blue lives matter. There you go. The sweeping prohibition applies to association members 24-7, covering all communication Private and professional, written and spoken, online and off. So if you write your mother and say Blue Lives Matter, they get wind of it, you are in some trouble. Punishment could top out at a maximum fine of $15,000 and expulsion from the organization. Mary Wagner, so if you say, I like, I like Harry Potter books, man, you're out of there. Mary Wagner, a Buffalo real estate agent who is white and lesbian, God, of course, some angry lesbian is at the bottom of this, says the move announced in November fits her vision for creating a fair society. God. That's what you want, folks. A, a lesbian living in Buffalo, New York, having her vision imposed on the rest of the country. Damn. She predicts thousands of complaints this year, given the Realtor Association's enormous size and the overheated climate of social media. I was thrilled to hear it, Wagner said in a phone interview. I think it's long overdue. NAR's decision allowing any member of the public to file a complaint has alarmed other real estate agents and also some legal and ethics experts who say the hate speech ban's vagueness is an invitation to censor controversial political opinions especially on race and gender. While that's not the association's stated intention, well, if a lesbian is running this, a lesbian from, of all godforsaken places, Buffalo, New York, that's in there, I promise you. These skeptics say their fears are justified by the hyperactive cancel culture online that has jettisoned hapless workers for posting All Lives Matter and objecting to gay marriage. Can you see, White Boy Malcolm X, this pack of realtor mean girls (laughs) Tattletailing on each other nonstop. That That lesbian in Buffalo thinks she's going to get thousands. Honey, you're going to get a lot more than that. NAR's hate speech policy is noteworthy because it sweeps up 1.4 million people under an ethics standard that explicitly places limits on private speech to be adjudicated through formal procedures. The organization's new policy provides an avenue for the NAR to investigate, fine, and potentially expel real estate agents who insult, threaten, or harass people or social groups based on race, sex, gender, or other legally protected characteristics. It is taking something that's been happening on a kind of informal and occasional basis. Indeed, people do sometimes end up losing jobs because of their political expression and shifting it to something that's institutionalized, that's bureaucratized, and that's being enforced through quasi legal tribunals said Eugene Volokh a UCLA law professor who specializes in the first amendment Volokh said such policies pose significant risk for abuse <laughs> you could say that again and should be assessed not for their good intentions but for their potential misfire what we're talking about is a new blacklist volokh said One of the things that's troubling about the National Association of Realtors position is that it is trying to deploy the organized economic power of this group in order to suppress dissenting political views among members. Man. And I'll tell you what, this reminds me of this. I mean, this is going to be a dumpster fire, don't get me wrong, but this also reminds me of all these corporate social responsibility initiatives that that the big companies, woke companies, are are putting out there now. And what what that entails is if you want to do business with them, you are now subject to, I would say, some very invasive inquiries about your company and its policies and who is working at your company. So they want to make sure that you have the right, you know, skin tones in your office right because you can't have too many white people in there or you can't have too many men in there you can't have too many straight people in there they want to know all sorts of things and then they will bless you with their money and it's kind of like uh like a hostage situation where if you want the business you want to continue having a business relationship with some companies you have to like toe their their line they're just they're uh infecting uh everyone else's organizations with their woke their woke agendas. And this man, this story goes on and on and on, but I'm done with that. You folks, you are a realtor. You have fun bowing to Mary Wagner in Buffalo. Heavens, heavens me. This is this is from OPB. And how's this for a headline? Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler. Confronted at restaurant says woman swatted at him. And white boy Malcolm X, what do you think that is? Like a like a bitch slap? <laughs> just like swish, swish, to we'll just slap you, we'll just slap you a little bit. Man, I thought women were better than that. I thought they'd just do a full on like pop right in the face. Portland mayor and resident pajama boy Ted Wheeler was swatted in the shoulder Wednesday evening while out to dinner at a restaurant in the Knob Hill neighborhood according to the mayor's office. So there is one neighborhood, folks, that has not been rioted, and looted, and burned down in Portland still. Wheeler was five minutes into a dinner at Cafe Nell with a friend, Cafe Nell, burned to the ground by tomorrow, with a friend when a small crowd began yelling obscenities at him and soon pushed their way into the outdoor tented area where he was seated, according to Jim Middaw, the mayor's communications director. That poor guy. Man, that has got to be a hard job. ...who was briefed by the mayor on the incident. Midah said a woman started swatting at the mayor after he asked them to leave. The mayor was not injured, not by a little swat, and does not plan to press charges. Wheeler left the restaurant, taking his food to go. Sergeant Kevin Allen, a spokesperson for the Portland Police Bureau... Well, that's that's news to me, White Boy Malcolm. Because I thought they had defunded the police. But I guess they got, still got a spokesman there. ...originally described the interaction as a punch... Allen said the assault occurred around 8.30 p.m. No injuries were reported and the suspect, who has yet to be identified, left according to the police. No arrests were made. Videos posted on social media, of course, Wednesday evening showed a group yelling and cursing at Wheeler as he sat in an outdoor dining tent. You are going to be made to feel like the scum you are when yelled. God. Now that is an insult coming from your average Portland resident's. <laughs> It's like pot, meat, kettle. F you, F you, shame on you. (laughs) Oh, God. I feel bad for um, Pansy Boy Ted Wheeler. In another video, someone approaches and calls him out by his middle name. We're never going to forget you, Tevis. That's interesting, White Boy Malcolm X. Ted Tevis Wheeler. Hmm. Ever. I hope you enjoy your little wine. (laughs) Well, this is definitely not a, a BLM group from Pittsburgh, Remember that story wiped by Malcolm X we had, folks? That's why I had to come on the podcast and apologize because I was of the assumption that BLM was no, full of nothing but hysterical white women and their dopey boyfriends, you know, they're, they're hanging on just to get laid. It's following around.
1: Okay, dear, I'll, I'll go riot with you if you if you promise to give me a blowjob.
0: And that's what I thought. That's what BLM was because every time you see in the news there's a bunch of hysterical white women running around, millennial white women uh, running around uh, and smashing things up. But in Pittsburgh, they were actually black people in Black Lives Matter. And they were harassing outdoor diners. And that one chick walked up and took that woman's drink and consumed it and left. <laughs> and so I'm surprised that they didn't take his wine from him and, and, and enjoy that. But I guess they're a little different out there in Portland. Wheeler tells his accostors they need to grow up and then asks them to leave. <laughs> Man. Like I said, I do I do feel sorry for that feckless pajama boy. Ted I no one should be harassed like this, especially by these shrill, shrill leftist brats. And the only reason they do this, folks, is well, this is Ted Wheeler's fault because he lets them get away with it. And and let's face it, if if they do it, it's not like a leftist who's screaming at Pajama Boy Ted Wheeler is ever, ever gonna lose their job over over that. Now, if a Republican or a conservative were to go out there and scream, they would probably lose their jobs, but what? Yes, I guess. Good point, White by Malcolm X. I guess they would have to have a job in the first place, and I take it in, in Portland, these kind of, these rabble rousers, these leftist brats running around probably are not gainfully employed. Well, you have fun out there. Please, folks, you can laugh at at stupid ted wheeler but don't swat him on the shoulder this is a a breitbart story and how is this headline pub owner posts note for lockdown snitches f off and he just didn't say f a pub landlord visited by police after an anonymous snitch so yes folks COVID Karen is alive and well in Great Britain, wrongly informed on him for a supposed lockdown breach, posted a message on the village hall advising locals that the person involved should F off. Keith Waterhouse, who runs the Badger's Holt pub in Bridgetown, Somerset, has had the police in contact with him on two occasions. So, so, folks, this COVID Karen, she is on the case. As a result of some nasty, vindictive person in the village taking it upon themselves to contact the authorities following visits by his daughter, which were not unlawful, as she is part of his officially permitted bubble. God. Man, oh man. I wonder, because we just had our first article about people getting the clap in Britain. I wonder what kind of officially permitted bubble they got. They're catching the clap. <laughs> this one, he can't even have his daughter in there. Or I guess he can, and someone's snishing on him. Officers contacted me and I explained that she was allowed to come here because she's a single parent and she's allowed to do it, Mr. Waterhouse told the Plymouth Herald. Now she's back here to live at the moment and again she's allowed to as a single parent with small children. It's totally within the COVID-19 rules. Somebody here has contacted the police so they have had to come all the way from Minehead to see me, the publican explained, prompting him to post a decidedly robust message on Bridgetown Village Hall. And here is the message, folks. Dear village, whoever the nasty, vindictive bitch is that reports me to the police for a completely ink, so he knows it's a COVID Karen. He knows it anyway. That reports me to the police for a completely incorrect breach of COVID rules. Have the bollocks to talk to me first and find out the truth. And secondly, oh, just f off. And he signed it, Keith, at the pub. <laughs> you tell him, Keith. I've not done anything to anyone, so I don't know why they're like that and why they have to make an attitude and do something like this, the pub landlord said in frustration. They should have asked what the situation is first. I'm here all the time. I'm happy to tell people what the situation is. But instead, someone has gotten in touch with the police. I don't need this, he, he added. Man. Similar behavior has been seen elsewhere in the British Family of Nations too, with a police website for people to inform on their neighbors in New Zealand proving so popular that it crashed <laughs> god You people need to find better hobbies man a nation of tattletales you got a couple of nations of tattletales reminds me of that story we had on on those folks in Connecticut and Connecticut is like everyone knows the omerta of of the, the mafia because that, that is a state run by the mafia <laughs> and they set up some tattletale hotline and sure sure enough they got a flooded with calls about People snitching out other people. Man. White Boy Malcolm X, when we go and do our pub uh, pub run, of course, after dry January, we do our pub run in England. We're going to have to stop by uh, Badger's Holt Pub and uh, and have a, a pint there. This is a New York Post story. White Boy Malcolm X, before I even read this headline, I have to say, sir, everyone is getting in on your action. Everyone thinks they're fake something else. I mean, you are openly and honestly a fake black person, but these folks just keep getting busted. They, they think that, because um, you're like, you're fake black, but these folks are like, they're trying to sell it as, as real. How's this for a headline? Human rights attorney accused of posing as Latina for years. Man, another one. Another one has gotten caught, white by Malcolm X. Another fake minority. And that's, I don't know how many we've had now, four, four or five, I think. We've had four or five of these stories where, and it, I hate to say this, but a lot of women do this. <laughs> I mean, a lot of women lie about their their race. I don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of men do it. I don't know if a man could pull off, lot, except for you, White Boy Malcolm you can pull off that you're fake black. But I don't, I don't know a lot of men that could pull that off. But let's find out more about this fake Latina. A prominent human rights attorney apparently posed as a Latina woman for years, despite claiming Puerto Rican and Colombian heritage for over a decade. Natasha Lacia Ora Bannon is actually a white woman from Georgia, who probably voted for that radical preacher and the pajama boy, according to a report by the nonprofit news outlet Prism. She serves as senior counsel at the Latino Justice Puerto Rican Legal Defense and Education Fund, which I. Tell you what, folks, that's got to be a lively group of people. Records obtained by the site say Bannon's family arrived in the United States from Ireland, Italy, and Russia. On Monday, Bannon, 43, clarified that she's white in response to the report. I am racially white and have always said that. However, my cultural identity... So, I guess, White Boy Malcolm X, if I'm understanding that real quick, you can get to pick your race. I mean, we know, folks, that you get to pick your gender, and there are seven of those... Uh, You can pick your sexual identity, and there are approximately seven of those as well. So now, white boy Malcolm X, you don't even have to be fake black. You can just say, I am racially white, but my cultural identity is black, and therefore I am black. And I think that's what she's saying here, is that that's my identity. So I am, if if she's as pasty white as they come, and she decides, no, I'm actually of Puerto Rican and Colombian heritage, then okay, okay. Yeah, you just have to roll with it, folks. Just like you got to roll with everything else these days. Anyway, however, my cultural identity was formed as a result of my family, both chosen and chosen for me, and that has always been Latinx, the attorney wrote. So she is definitely white because the only people that use the term Latinx are snooty leftist white people because I guarantee you, you go to any barrio, go to go to like the south side of Chicago and ask a Mexican immigrant if they're Latinx, they're going to look at you like you're nuts. I'm like, No. You know, go up to the Gold Coast. That's where all the dumb white people say, oh, Latinx, my maid is Latinx. My identity is my most authentic expression of who I am and how I pay honor to the people who have formed me since I was a child. Bannon also sent an email to Prism saying she's previously identified as white, that her biological origins are Italian, atheist, Jewish, Sephardic, some unknown adopted grandfather, and who knows what else. My biological parents were born in the United States and I was raised with only one of them, she added. Yet the Colombian family who I grew up with and who were responsible in grand part for raising me, who helped form my character and identity, were from many different ethnic identities and backgrounds. The controversy comes after actor Alec Baldwin's wife, Hilaria Baldwin, was accused of pretending to be Spanish and even faking her accent on national television. She later admitted on Instagram she's actually a white woman. From Boston, so she's from up here, white by Malcolm, Mexico. I have to give her credit, though. I have to give this fake Latinx woman, Natasha, Lysia or Bannon, I have to give her a little bit of credit. I guess I I love the way folks that they weasel out of this. It's not, yeah, you caught me. I'm li- I was lying. I'm uh, I'm actually just some dopey white chick from Georgia. They got a whole narrative down about. I identify as Latinx, and therefore I am Latinx. Oh, man. Okay, then. I guess you can identify as all sorts of things. So, White Boy Macamax, you are no longer fake black. You can just be black. My black friend, who was actually pasty white. (laughs) My pasty white friend who identifies as black. There you go. Let's see how many more of those are going to come out of the closet. Racially speaking, of course. This is a story from Zero Hedge, and here is the headline. BBC tells people to wear face masks during sex, which reminds me of that that story we had about that college in St. Olaf, Minnesota. And no, it was not from a Golden Girls episode, so you queens out there, calm down. There's no Golden Girls in this story. But that college was like, you college kids, you horny college kids, you can have all the sex you want, but don't kiss. And you got to wear masks when you're doing the sex, so don't, so you don't catch the COVID. You have to wear the mask. Here's a mask. Don't look at each other in the face. Put your bodies in all sorts of different positions, but don't, don't breathe on each other. Give yourself the COVID, but have at it. You kids have fun. Probably hear some condoms and some lube. The BBC has published an article which amplifies advice that people should wear face masks during sex in order to stop the spread of coronavirus. And, and before I dig into that, oh, here's, what's the one from Breitbart? They have in Britain, apparently, these officially permitted bubbles. So I guess if you're having sex, you better be in an officially permitted bubble to do so. The piece titled Sex and COVID, What are the Rules in Lockdown? Details new guidance on having sex in the aftermath of Prime Minister Boris Johnson declaring a new national lockdown set to last four months. Oh my God. As if it's not depressing to live there. Anyway, now you're going to be stuck inside. The article says that meeting up for sex is off the cards under the new rules, like anyone will listen, but goes on to offer recommendations on how couples can practice COVID-safe sex. You can be in the same bed, you can share the same bathroom, and you can hang out at the same house, but if you're going to have sex, get out the mask. Avoid kissing, wearing a face covering, and choose positions that aren't face-to-face during sex. States the piece, echoing advice given by the Terrence Higgins Trust. And folks... If you don't know what positions are not face-to-face, I am not going to... <laughs> no, like my Mac and Max, I am not going to mention any of them. Your best sexual partner during the COVID-19 pandemic is yourself. <laughs> the article adds encouraging people to engage in masturbation, sex toys, or having phone or online sex rather than the real thing. <laughs> not just playing with yourself, but you gotta whip out some sex toys too while you're doing it. As we highlighted earlier, police have demanded powers to force entry into people's homes if they suspect someone of engaging in behavior contrary to lockdown rules. So the, the police apparently in Britain can come in and like barge down your door and come into your bedroom and if you're there and you're trying to do it missionary style, <laughs> you're going to probably going to jail. They ain't gonna let you have fun. They could take you away. All of these rules, which are being brought in under a conservative government, have been vehemently supported by the left, run by COVID Cairns, who in decades gone would have normally been aghast at the state, literally dictating who you're allowed to have sex with. And in what position. (laughs) There you go, folks. It's getting nuttier in England. How's this for a headline? Ex-government minister could face prosecution... ...for separating child brides from migrant husbands. A former migration minister faces prosecution because she ordered child brides to be removed from their older migrant adult husbands during the 2016 Europe Migrant Crisis, an act lawyers have claimed was illegal. So those people are coming in and you've got this older guy and you've got this little girl... (laughs) And this woman's like, ah, uh, yeah, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> and you, sir, you go that direction. You, young lady, you go over there. None of that here. And she's in the wrong <laughs> God. Heavens. Inger Stoberg used the order in 2016 when she served as immigration and integration minister in the previous Danish government and separated 23 couples. Where one partner in the adult relationship was legally a child in Danish law, lawyers Anne Birgit Gammelford and John Lauritsen presented a report to the Danish Parliament, the Folketing, outlining the basis on which a that is a that is what they call the Danish Parliament, by Malcolm X, the Folketing, outlining the basis on which a case could be brought against the former minister. Newspaper Berlingske reports, Imam Usama El Sadi of the Ar House Mosque. Had criticized the former Danish government for separating the couples at the time the policy was active, saying in February 2016 that Denmark must respect migrant families regardless of the age of prize. One should look at these cases from a different perspective. It is an extraordinary humanitarian situation, and I think you have to take care of these families. They're married, and even if the man is twice as old as they have built a family. You think she had much of a choice in that. We have to accept that that is a different culture and we cannot destroy family life. The imam has said, God. So, if he's twice as old, he's like, I don't know, 28 years old and she's 14. And I guess that is, you know, they say, hey, let him let him rape her. That's, that's just, you know, it's not rape where they came from. Well, it's Denmark's fault, White Boy Malcolm X, for allowing these folks... In in the first place, they're like, "Yeah, hey, come in." And so they're like, "Well, in our country and our culture, a man can have sex with a 12 year old girl and marry her and just bang her all day because that's that's fine." And if it's against your laws, it sucks to be you. We're just going to keep we're just going to keep doing it. <sighs> man. And before, I'm just going to say this to you folks in Denmark: you might get a flood, a flood of of teachers, U.S. teachers. <laughs> coming over there, wanting to teach over there because that's their way is to come in and bang all the high school students. Although I guess in Denmark, they probably have that age of consent pretty low as well like they do in Britain. But apparently not low enough for Imam Usama el-Sadi who wants wants his buddies at the mosque to keep banging those little girls. Ugh, Bunch of creepers. This is a post-millennial story Women's Liberation Front releases media style guide to take back language from trans ideologues. I guess, I guess, folks, this is um, this is from the TERFs as the the trans community loves to refer to these people as TERFs, which is trans exclusionary something, radical feminists. That's that's what those are. So the trans community calls any woman who wants to clarify what is a woman and that a woman is not. You know, someone with a penis, like her penis, the story I had earlier. (laughs) Like, no, not so much. The trans community calls them TERFs. The Women's Liberation Front, or WOLF, has released a media style guide for journalists reporting on issues related to sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, of which there are seven, and women's rights. The guide is meant to provide an alternative to the language the Trans Journalist Association (laughs) I bet those meetings are a lot of fun, encourages the press to use and which was adopted by the Society of Professional Journalists, which suggests language that promotes LGBTQ rights but discounts and erases women's rights. The 34-page Wolf Media Style Guide attempts to provide a more accurate and ethical way to report on issues that impact women and girls. Well, I hope those girls aren't in Denmark getting raped. The guidelines reflect and embrace a science-based understanding, sex and gender, and yet still adhere to the strictest principles of journalism ethics. Natasha Chart, executive director of Wolf, said in a statement, The journalism profession is failing women and the general public, and they've been doing that, Natasha, for a long-ass time, by misrepresenting the facts on gender identity and prostitution. They've accepted ideological gags on their reporting, and allowed gender identity activists and sex industry publicists. Now that, White Boy Malcolm X, that is that is quite the job, a sex industry publicist, to serve as political minders with editors refusing to back writers against unreasonable social media mobs. We hope more media outlets will stand up for their rights and everyone else's to speak the truth. One of the most common complaints about the mainstream media's use of transgender names and pronouns is that these often quickly usurp women's rights. This debate has all the avenues of the public sphere, from Hollywood to collegiate athletics to legislation. Recently, actor Ellen Page, who had announced she was a lesbian several hours prior, made a new announcement and said she was now transgender, had changed her name to Elliot Page, and preferred pronouns they and them. One of the most fascinating aspects of this news was not Page's announcement, but how quickly mainstream news sources accepted new pronouns and a new name despite page's obvious biology that contradicts it you better not say that you're gonna get in trouble (laughs) man oh man you're not supposed to say that If, if uh if ellen page wants to call herself elliot and even though she's standing there with breasts and a vagina and says that she's a man you are supposed to say absolutely yes sir Several female athletes in Connecticut, and this is something we have talked about on this program a number of times, have sued their local athletics conference to be able to compete as women against only other biological women as transgender males who are biological male but living as female have tried to compete against them, decreasing the female's odds of winning. Yeah, and uh, there are a couple of them that are in Connecticut and they cleaned up and won, I think, pretty much every, every state award out there. California passed several new transgender laws that protect transgender people, often at the risk of marginalizing women. Its newest transgender inmate protection law, so I guess, folks, it's not just in Wisconsin, ensures transgender inmates are addressed with their preferred names and pronouns, even if they go against their natural biology, and they must be housed at a facility matching their gender identity, with rare exceptions. Whether or not, Amy, can you see White Boy Malcolm X in California? There's a guy... And he is in a state penitentiary for multiple rapes of women, and he's just like one day. Hmm, how do I, how do I continue that? Because that was a lot of fun. That was a great time for me. How do I keep that going? (gasps) I know what I'm gonna do. And we go knocking on the warden's door and go, "Warden, my name is Sheila, and I identify as a woman. Can I please get transferred to the women's prison?" (laughs) And I guess in California, off. She goes, man, oh man, whether or not the mainstream media chooses to utilize this new language guide, they won't. That suggests ways to be more inclusive to women's rights remains to be seen. Again, they won't. Man, oh man. So the TERFs, I feel bad for them. I really feel bad because the the media these days, they are going along to get along with the cranky transgender community. Oh, we got two more stories. We're almost done, White by Malcolm X. Okay, this is from The Daily Caller, and how about this for a Headline White Boy Malcolm X? Kids show meant for four to eight-year-olds stars man with gigantic, uncontrollable genitals. Hmm. A new animated Danish... God, what is it with the Danish these days? They let in child rapists, (laughs) and now they've got TV shows with giant, uncontrollable genitals. You people are sick. Sick, I say. A new animated Danish television show meant for children, who are probably being raped by their adult husbands, featuring a man with a gigantic, uncontrollable penis, has sparked a what's <laughs> perfect, perfect for for the Danish, has sparked a heated conversation regarding what may or may not be appropriate for kids. But white boy Malcolm X, I think what this could do is get more of the Danish ready for more child brides. <laughs> They could have, uh, I mean, it's perfectly appropriate. You've got a kid there and you've got an uncontrollable penis. <laughs> Perfect. It, it, is, it, it does It does that. It helps to uh, habituate people to seeing a man with a giant uncontrollable penis and children <laughs> together. The television show John Dillermand is featured on the Danish TV network DR. This show is aimed at children aged 4 to 8, The Guardian reported. In the show, Dillerman reportedly uses his enormous penis to perform heroic missions and take ice cream from kids, as well as white boy Malcolm X, that penis is taking ice cream. He's that thing coming out. Give me that ice cream. As well as to overcome challenges he comes across. You people in Denmark are sick. Sick, I say. The show sparked backlash, with advocates and detractors pointing to various reasons the show may or may not be good for children to watch. It's perpetuating the standard idea of a patriarchal society. (laughs) Feminists are getting in on this. And normalizing locker room culture. That's been used to excuse a lot of bad behavior from men. But as long as everyone accepts child rape from different cultures in, in Denmark, I guess that's okay though. It's meant to be funny, so it's seen as harmless, but it's not. And we're teaching this to our kids, Christian Gross, an associate professor and gender researcher from Roskilde University, told The Guardian. Clinical psychologist Erla Heineson Holstead argued that people may be overreacting. Oh, it's just a giant penis taking people's kids' ice cream. It's okay. that's perfectly fine. Holstead reportedly argued that Dillerman reaches children because he shares their way of thinking. God. Even the children are screwed up there. This show depicts a man who is impulsive and not always in control, who makes you can say that again? Who makes mistakes like kids do, but crucially, Dillermond is always makes it right. He takes responsibility for his actions. When a woman in the show tells him he should keep his penis in his pants, for instance, he listens, which is nice. He is accountable. Holstead told the <laughs> Okay, then, folks. So in Denmark, let's just recap the last couple of, um, of stories. If you are a uh, government official and you say it is grossly inappropriate to have child brides, you are probably going to go to jail (laughs) and be prosecuted so the men can keep raping those kids. And your kids, if they're not being raped by some creepy guy who is their husband, can watch a show about a man's penis taking ice cream from children. Okay then. And finally, folks, the smoking gun. Here we go. And yes, white boy Malcolm X, of course it is. It's a smoking gun story from Florida. <laughs> Florida is back, folks. You know those Floridians, they've been listening to the last couple of podcasts, and they're like, crap, we got people, we got that mother in Arizona beating her kids because they won't wear the COVID mask. We had that, that crazy in North Dakota. We've had some crazy in a couple other different states. Louisiana's been really quiet. So I don't know what, some of my mistress probably called down there, and she's like, you folks need to just chill out. I'm getting, I'm getting reamed here. So settle down. But the folks in Florida are back. Here is the headline. Strong contender already emerges for 2021 mugshot of the year crown. And that is because this guy in his mugshot. Look at this white boy, Malcolm X. (laughs) Yeah, Folks, it's a, what do they call it? A snidely whiplash mustache. This guy looks like he had a a magic marker and he kind of had one of those curly mustaches and and it drew it on his face. So this is why he's got the uh, 2021 mugshot of the year crown already. is because he has a sharpie mustache on his on his face on his mugshot. So let's find out more about this human train wreck out of Florida. Meet Tyler Jonathan Cribbs. Yes, we've met him. The 28-year-old Floridian was charged yesterday with robbing an acquaintance of his phone and wallet, according to a probable cause affidavit. Police allege that Cribs accosted the victim last month as the man exited his residence in Astor, a community 40 miles west of Daytona Beach. The 37-year-old victim told cops that Cribs reached into his pants pocket <laughs> and stole his belongings. So this guy's like just exiting his house. He closes his door and boom, there is Tyler Jonathan Cribs there. And he just reaches into this guy's pants. I don't know where this guy's hands were. I guess he's like... Holding him up like, oh, I can't believe I'm being accosted like this. And he's just like feeling in his pants. (laughs) I'll take that and I'll take it. Ooh, what's that? It's certainly not from Denmark because it would be out already. (laughs) Just taking his phone, taking his wallet. Heavens. The victim said that Cribs subsequently threatened to burn his house down. Man, Tyler don't play. And told him that every time he sees him, he is going to take everything he's got. The victim, who said he has known Cribs his whole life, added that he has been robbed by the defendant previously as well. So to uh, update that story, not only does, does Tyler come around and just get in this guy's pants and just feel around there and take what he wants, but he's been doing it for a long time. This guy, I have to say, this victim, I don't know how much of a victim he is because he apparently, he's been putting up with it for I was like, Oh, oh, Tyler, thank you for visiting me. Along with a felony robbery count. Holy crap, white boy Malcolm X. There is a felony, a felony charge in Florida. I, <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. Cribs was also charged with theft and misdemeanor. Of course it is. Upon being located by cops Sunday, Cribs allegedly resisted officers and was found in possession of methamphetamine. Folks, so he's got the crystal meth. <laughs> Leading to the filing of additional charges against the 5'7", 230 pound that is a fat guy. Damn, Tyler Jonathan Cribbs is a tubster, Daytona native, locked up on an eighty five hundred dollar bond. Cribbs is scheduled for a February 1st arraignment. He has been ordered by a judge to have no contact with the victim. I don't know about you folks, but I'm not sure how much of a victim he is because it's like um it's like high school. No, it's even worse. It's like elementary school. The bully comes around and takes your milk money and does it again and again and again and again. This guy keeps getting robbed. How many phones and wallets has this guy gone through? Here we go. Here is his rap sheet, Cribs. Tyler Jonathan Cribs, whose rap sheet includes convictions for possession of drug paraphernalia, resisting and driving without a license, has the words king and size tattooed on his knuckles in the style of the Knight of the Hunter. He also has perfect inked on one arm and imperfection on the other. Well, that's actually, quite frankly, folks, that's kind of a crappy rap sheet. Paraf- drug paraphernalia, resisting, I mean, let's face it, folks, who in Florida does not have drug paraphernalia and has not resisted arrest and drove without a license? Because everyone knows you can drive drunk in Florida, underage, drunk driving with a loaded AR-15, and they're all misdemeanors. Okay, there you go, folks. That is Tyler, Jonathan, Cribs, and that's it. Hey, well, folks, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the Miller Frost Show. I am Miller Frost here with, I don't know if you're fake black anymore, you just might identify as black, White Boy Malcolm X. Remember, you can reach me at my email, Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com. And until parlor, well, parlors go until midnight tonight. So at Miller Frost is my parlor handle and I will be back on there as soon as they are back up and running. But in the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your weekend. We hope, are we coming back on Wednesday? I, I know it's up to me. <laughs> um, we're we're going to try to come back on Wednesday. We, we were here last Wednesday when it was a nutty week, and, and hopefully we'll be back again, even if it's a short show. But I'd like to get back here Wednesday and then, of course, back again Sunday. So have a great, uh, have a great start to your week, and we hope to see you back here in a couple of days. If not, then we will see you back here a week from today. Take care. <music>